things here. Let me ask you a question as we set up our final piece here. Are you lost this morning? Are you lost? And you say, well, what do you mean by that? Am I lost? Do you know where you're headed? Do you know on a daily basis how you're going to cope with life? Do you know what goes beyond this life, if anything, for some that are questioning things? And you look out, and and we talked about this morning the light. Now, as I was sitting over in the corner here, I got a lot of light, and that's good. And by the way, we have some wonderful shades that will be coming in in the next week or two, and there will be a little less light over there. But when... You go through life and there isn't light and there appears to be darkness in your life and you're wondering where do I go, how do I get there, how do I proceed, and it can be very disheartening at times. We just had a wonderful program, amen? You can clap now and show your appreciation. (laughs) Thank you so much. Thanks to Josh, all the, the wonderful wonderful work that went into this hours and hours and hours of time and the young people and uh, just appreciate so much what you've done and it reminded us about the true light of the world and we're going to take a look at that in just a moment take your bibles please and go to john chapter one to get us started john chapter one we'll read the first 14 verses if you uh, don't have a bible we'll have it up on the screen a little bit later And uh, we'll go through this passage as we try to understand a little bit about what was sung about this morning. For some of you, when I ask you, do you know the light? Do you know Jesus Christ, if you will? Light, of course, being a symbolic term to represent who Jesus is. Do you know Jesus? The narrative that was spoken this morning was very pointed at times. And it brought out these facts about sin and knowing how to deal with sin and then talked about a penalty for sin and that really for a Christmas program it's like you came here and it's like well we want to hear about the little baby Jesus well there's so much more to the little baby Jesus than just his birth and we're going to look at that this morning as we get going and uh, we'll read those first 14 verses thank you so much Let's go to John chapter 1 as we look at the light of the world speaking of Jesus Christ. In the beginning was the word. What are we talking about the word here? It's another uh, term that's used to describe Jesus Christ, the word. What I hold in my hands and what many of you hold in your hands is a Bible. And some of you may have it on an application or so forth. But the word is speaking about Jesus Christ as literally the word, not not the, uh, I'm not touching Jesus here, but Jesus, if you will, is the one that wrote every single word in our Bible. So in the beginning was the word, speaking of Jesus Christ. The word was with God, and the word was God. We've got to understand as we start our discussion this morning that Jesus Christ is God. The, he's not uh, uh, simply a little baby that was born, not something that we simply uh, uh, look at during the Christmas season as a nice time to get together and have presents and all those wonderful things, but that Jesus Christ is God, which is extremely important. He was in the beginning with God. 
all things were made through him, and without him, Jesus, nothing was made that was made. In him, Jesus, was life, and the life was the light of men. And the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. We're talking about John the Baptist now. This man came for a witness to bear witness of the light that all through him might believe. He was not the light, but was sent to bear witness of that light. That was the true light which gives light to every man coming into the world. He was in the world, speaking of Christ, and the world was made through him, and the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his own did not receive him. But as many as did receive him, to them he gave the right to become children of God to those who believe in his name, who were born not of blood, nor the will of flesh, nor the will of man, but of God. And the word, Jesus, became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory is of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Let's pray. Father, I pray now as we take a few moments to remember indeed who Jesus is, what he's done, and what he is going to be doing. I pray that you'd speak to our hearts this morning. Father, there may be some here that if they were to die right now, they have no idea where they would go. There's others that uh, may have received the free gift of eternal life and uh, yet are struggling in their daily walk, and they need to get closer, if you will, to the light, Jesus Christ. So, Father, I pray over these next few moments that you would do only what you would do as we pray constantly that you might revive the saved and save the lost. In Jesus' precious name, amen. This morning, we're going to just spend a few minutes and talk about Jesus, who is indeed the light of the world or a light in darkness. So a couple of questions for you as we get started. Do you understand, seriously understand, that you are a special and loved creation of God? Does that make any sense to you? And you're like, well, I, I don't know if it does. I don't understand who I am. I don't understand if God truly loves me or not. Well, I hope over the next few minutes that you'll see that you're extremely special to God. And we're talking about you. Do you know that God wants to lead you in your life? When you're talking about the light, where am I going? Am I going to stumble Am I going to fall in my daily walk? Is something going to go wrong that's going to throw me off kilter? And we're going to talk about how Jesus can help you navigate, if you will, through life and its challenges. Are you willing to consider accepting a free gift? Did you hear that? Are you willing to at least entertain the thought of accepting a free gift that God has for you this morning? There's many here that have already accepted that gift but there's some here this morning that maybe for the first time you'll have the opportunity to literally take a free gift that God is offering you. So what we're going to do is we're going to examine the necessity of personally accepting Jesus Christ as the light of your life. And I hope that makes sense by the time we're done. John chapter 1, we're going to start at verse 6. It says, there was a man sent from God whose name was John. Now, if you read through the, uh, the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, it gives you an overview, literally, of how Jesus was born, his coming, and uh, we celebrated some of that already today. But there's an individual named John, and all of you probably remember the guy named John the Baptist. He was born about six months before Jesus. In fact, uh, Mary, uh, the mother of Christ, 
was uh, related to John, if you will. Uh, his uh, or her relatives, Elizabeth and Zacharias, they had this baby named John. And John was the one appointed by God. In fact, Isaiah chapter 40, verse 3, makes it well known that there would be one that would come before Jesus to start announcing who he was. By the way, Isaiah was written 700 B.C., 700 years before Jesus came. It was prophesied that this one named John the Baptist would come and prepare as Jesus would come. Well, let's look at the illuminating mission, if you will, of John the Baptist. Verse 7, this man, speaking of John the Baptist, he came for a witness, to bear witness of the what? The light that all through him might believe. John said, listen, he was not that light, but was sent to bear witness of that light. In other words, he was doing some preparatory work. He was going out into Israel, specifically around the Jordan River, and there he was, uh, if you will, preaching about the coming of Jesus. He was baptizing people, if you will, a different baptism in context, if you will, than what we practice today, but he was out there getting people prepared for Christ's coming. He was not that light, but was sent to bear witness of that light. That was the true light, which gives light to every man, every woman coming into the world. Now, this morning, early, I got up, as most of you did, <laughs> as all of you did, unless you didn't go to bed last night. And uh, I've had one person back there I don't think got any sleep, and uh, appreciate him being here. But I got up and I went, started walking over to my dresser and I forgot I had put a big thing in, uh, uh, actually it was a cage for my dog, and I forgot I put the cage there. And I didn't see it because it was what? It was dark. Well, guess what my cute little toes ran into? Ouch, right? And it was because it was dark. I couldn't see where I was going. I forgot that I had put this obstacle in the way. You ever been there? Uh, stub your toes at night, right? You get up and it hurts because we can't see where we're going. And what we're saying here is uh, uh, John came and he was opening up. He was spreading, if you will, talking about the light that would come to help us through the paths of life, to show us the way. Now, what, what, why did Jesus really come? We look down, and, and many of us, uh, uh, some of uh, folks uh, maybe only come to church on Christmas time to see the programs and so forth, and all we see is one little myopic piece of who Jesus is. You see, Jesus didn't come just to, for us to have a good Christmas time. That wasn't his purpose in coming, not his purpose at all. This was a very important piece of why he came. Do you understand why Jesus had to come God himself, we read that in John chapter 1, verse 1. Why did God himself have to come to this earth? Why did he have to be, if you will, be born into this world? What was the purpose of that? Well, God knew ever since Adam and Eve were uh, uh, sinned against God, way back in Genesis 2 and Genesis 3, Adam and Eve created 6,000 years ago. That's a whole other story if you but uh, the genealogies of Genesis 5 and 11 point to that fact that about approximately 6,000 years ago is when Adam and Eve were created. What happened in Genesis 3? Just two chapters after we get into the Bible, what does Adam and Eve do? The serpent or Satan comes up to them and tempts them to eat the forbidden fruit, and what do they do? They eat it. And God made it very clear at that point that sin came into the 
world. When we talked about and what was read about a little bit earlier and sung about is that every single one of us is a sinner. We can't avoid it. We can't get away from it. You say, well, how's that? Here's the, intro, here's the, uh, the reason. Romans chapter 5 and verse 12 says this. Wherefore, as by one man, Adam, sin entered into the world, and death by sin, and so death passed upon all men and women for all of sin. You say, well, how, how, how can you call me a sinner? Well, see, here's the unfortunate thing. Do you know how you became a sinner? God tells us that when Adam sinned, every single person that would be born that would have a father, sin was transferred through daddy. All of us are sinners. We can't get away from it. You say, well, I'm a pretty good person. God says we're all sinners. Why? Because when Adam sinned, sin passed through everyone through the father's genes. Well, wait a second. How was Jesus born? How did he come to be? How did God himself all of a sudden end up inside of Mary, if you will, and uh, uh, was born as a child? Isaiah, the prophet, chapter 7, verse 14, tells us this. Jesus had to be born of a, you know the word? Virgin. You, that's, how, that's impossible. How can anyone be born of a virgin? How can Jesus not have a human father? Well, if we went through uh, Luke chapter 2, we'd find out that the Holy Spirit comes upon Mary and basically, if you will, uh, uh, places, if you will, the, uh, the, the baby Jesus inside of Mary. She did not have a physical father. Do you know if Jesus would have had a physical father that we'd still be in our sin? Not a single one of us would be able to go to heaven. He had to be virgin born. That was God's plan. You see, it's a whole lot more than just a little baby Jesus that comes at Christmas time. There is a massive amount of important things that took place when Jesus, God himself, comes down from heaven in the form, if you will, of a little baby. By the way, did he stay a baby? No, that was just the beginning, just the start of what would take place. Well, let's move on. What is the mission of Jesus Christ? Why, if you will, did this precious little baby, why was he born? He was born to die. He was born to sacrifice his life. He was born to pay for our sinfulness. You see, every Christmas when uh, we celebrate the, the birth of Jesus and we sing the wonderful songs and we have the, uh, the presentations and the beautiful music that we just heard, yes, we remember the birth of Jesus Christ, but that's just the start. You see, there's so much more, some 30-plus years, almost 33 years that Jesus spent on this earth. He came to do one thing. He came to die for our sins. You see the representation behind me on the cross. Why almost does every Christian church have the cross in it? It's to remind us why this baby came. It's to remind us what Jesus should mean to us. He came to give his life as a payment for our sin. Luke chapter 19, verse 10, here's the mission. Now, we just had uh, a, a little bit about Memorial Day not that long ago. How many of you served in the armed forces? Can you at least raise your hand for me? All the veterans. There we go, lots of you. Why? Did you serve in the military? Well, you had a, a, a mission that uh, you felt was appropriate. Now, some of you might have been drafted back in the day, but there's always a mission with the armed forces. If you were in a conflict or a war, you had a very specific mission that you were called to accomplish. 
Many of you that have businesses or work in a business environment, there are specific mission statements that most companies have. It is, this is what we're going to accomplish. Luke chapter 19, 10, we have the mission of why Christ came. What is it? For the Son of Man, Jesus Christ, came to do what? To seek and to save that which was lost. You see, when we walked in here, some of you knew that uh, Jesus had come, that he died for you. You knew where you were headed. But there's some that may be here this morning. Maybe it's the first time you're here. Maybe you've been here many, many times. But you're like, why did Jesus come? What was his mission? His mission was to die for you, to pay for your sins. You know why? Jesus loves you this morning. 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 And yes, Jesus loves you this morning. Isn't that wonderful? Jesus loves you so much that he came down, born as a little baby, to come into this world. Says they're lost. What does it mean to be lost? They have no idea how to get to heaven. They're lost in their sin. They're lost in their ways. And Jesus came to give the light. John chapter 14, verse 6 reminds us this. It's very exclusive. It's very on purpose. What does Jesus say about how to find eternal life? Here it is. Bible, not church, not dogma, not doctrine. Bible, God wrote it himself. John chapter 14, verse 6, Jesus said to him, I, speaking of Christ, am the way, the truth, and the what? The life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Jesus made it very clear. And in our world right now, we live in what's called a postmodern culture. Those of you that have been to college probably understand that very well, what that means. What does it mean? It means there's no absolutes anymore. It means when we, we talk about sin, it's like, well, sin means whatever you want it to mean. Jesus means whatever you want him to mean. It's very open-ended. There are no facts. There is no reality. It's whatever we decide, that's the way it's going to be. And God says, no, we are not a pluralistic Bible. We are not a pluralistic religion. We don't even believe in religion. You say, well, what do you mean by that? Jesus said it's not about religion. It's not about walking into a church building. It's not about uh, uh, doing rituals and liturgy and all those things. Jesus made it very clear. He is the only way, he is the only truth, and is the only way to find life. And that's why he came as a little baby. For the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. That was written back during the first uh, part, about 30 A.D. or so. Now we come up to the Apostle Paul. What does he say? This is a faithful saying and worthy of what? All acceptance that Christ Jesus came into the world to do what? To save sinners. That's why the baby was born. That's why Jesus came in the form, if you will, of a human being. He took on the form of human humanity in order to relate to us. He could, we, if he came down and, and hadn't been born the way he was, if he didn't have a virgin uh, a birth, he could not have paid for our sins, and we'd still all be in our sin. What does this mean? Because it's got some of those, if you will, religious words in it. This is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptance. Christ Jesus, what? Came into the world to save. What does he mean save? That's a big word. What does he mean save from what? Well, we put it up there for you. Save from the penalty of sin. 
when uh, the narration was done, they talked about Romans chapter 6, verse 23. The wages or what we've earned because we've sinned is what? Death. You say, well, hey, we know that every person dies. It's a whole lot more than physical death. You see, we just uh, we just had a funeral a few days ago uh, uh, with Julie's mom, and uh, it's always a sad time when you see and and you miss somebody, and and you go to the funeral, and all of a sudden somebody that you loved and cared for is gone. But that's not what this is talking about. It's talking about a second death. You say, what do you mean a second death? You can only die one time. The Bible says, no, nope, you can die two times. One is physical, and one is spiritual. You say, what do you mean spiritual death? You see, when you were born, we were all born, let's say it, I know it's not a popular word, we were all born what? Sinners, we are. It's just, it's a matter of fact. Romans chapter 5, verse 12. But the good news is this, uh, uh, God provided a way, but before we get to that uh, uh, provision he made for us, he talks about a second death in the Bible. What is that? It's spiritual death. You see, before you come to Jesus Christ, before uh, someone accepts his, uh, uh, what he did on the cross for their salvation or for their deliverance, we're in our sin. And the Bible makes it very clear. Now, this is very politically incorrect, what I'm going to tell you right now. You know what the second death is? They talked about it when they read about it. They sang about it. It's an awful place called the lake of fire or hell. Not real popular in our society today, is it? Not real popular to talk about it. But here's the fact. Revelation chapter 21, verse 8 makes this statement. That's Bible, folks. Revelation 21, 8. That basically all sinners will have their part in the lake which burns with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. There it is, black and white. Is it popular? No. Do we want to hear it? No. Do we need to hear it? Yes, we do. Saved from the penalty of sin. What else does it save us from? It saves us from sin and gives us the promise of eternal life with the Lord Jesus. Well, they had a failure to recognize Jesus. John chapter 1, verse 10. He, Jesus, was in the world. The world was made through him, but the world didn't know him. Folks, we live in what's called, again, the postmodern world. We live in a post-Christian era. Two presidents ago, this statement was made. And I, one of the things I agree with what uh, the particular administration said. And here's what they said. We now live in a post-Christian world. Up until a few years ago, there were at least 50% of all Americans believed in Jesus Christ. They would put themselves as Christians. In the last few years, due to Pew Research, it has come out that America is now less than 50% of all people will identify with the term Christian. That's the lowest it's ever been since the founding of America. We live in that culture that says it's my way or no way. It's just the way it is, and that's the way it's become. John 1.10 says he was in the world. The world was made by him, but they didn't know him. We go back to John chapter 1. In the beginning was the word Jesus Christ. The word Jesus was with God, and the word Jesus was God. What happens with the failure to receive Jesus? He came unto his own, and his own didn't receive him. 
His brothers and sisters, and you say, you mean Jesus had stepbrothers, stepsisters are talked about in Scripture. So he had family members that didn't understand who he was at first and quite frankly rejected him. The many people rejected him. And unfortunately, there may be some in this room right now that you reject the concept of giving your heart and life to Jesus Christ. And he's calling out to you the same as he did back during the first century. But how about those that receive Jesus? What's the good news? John 1, 12, 12. <clears throat> but as many as received him, Jesus, to them he gave the right to become children of God to those who believe in his name. You see, Jesus came because he loves you. Jesus died because he loves you. Jesus was buried for three days because he loves you. Jesus rose again from the dead because he loves you. Beautiful words of Scripture say, God is not willing that what? Any should perish. Let's move on. The personal rebirth of those in Christ. He's talking about people who were born not of blood, nor the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. You say, well, what does that mean? What he's basically saying is just like when Jesus was born, every single one in this room right now, hear my voice, or watching on the Internet today, you were born. You were born of flesh. You were born in a physical body. And God's saying, you got to be born again. A couple of weeks ago, uh, that was preached on here by uh, Richard Trushan. You got to be born again. You've got to know who Jesus is. You've got to have a rebirth. You say, how do I do that rebirth? Well, we're going to talk about that in just a minute. You heard it sung about. You heard it read about. You've got to have a new birth in Christ. Here, here it is in black and white, and we all know this verse. How about taking the promise this morning? For God so loved the world. Who's the world? It's each one of us. That he gave his only begotten son, Jesus Christ, that whosoever, anyone who will believe in him, what? Should not perish, but have everlasting life. You see, the light came into the world so you could have everlasting life. The light has come that you can be taken out of darkness, that you can have a, a, a true path, if you will, to get to heaven one day and currently to live for him. John chapter 3 again, For God did not send his son, Jesus Christ, into the world to condemn the world, but what? That the world through him might be saved. Sometimes we have this kind of a weird concept of who Christ is. He's up there with a big hammer looking to smack us every time we mess up. And here's what God really says. He's there because he loves you. He cares about you. He wants to take you in. God did not send his son of the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. There's that word again, saved from what? Saved from your sins, saved from the penalty of hell. He who believes in him, Jesus Christ, is not what? Who wants to be condemned this morning? I don't think anybody, right? He who believes in him is not condemned, but he who does not believe, uh-oh, is condemned already because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. Folks, you're here this morning. Only you know where you stand with Christ. I don't. But God does, and you know. If you're to die right now, where would you go? Do you stand condemned, or do you stand reborn, if you will, in Jesus Christ. Here it is again, John 14, 6. Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, the life. No one comes unto the Father except through me. One story and I'm done, not a story. It's an actual account. 
years ago, I was a camp counselor. And uh, as all camps do, you take the, take the young folks down, walked a bit of a ways, and we came to a big campfire, which was a mm, good little walk from where the campgrounds were. And we had a great time, of course, for having a good time and doing the marshmallow and the hot dogs and singing and just having a great old time. It's a Christian camp, by the way. Everything was going great, and it's like, okay, uh, grab your flashlights, let's start walking back to camp, and we get back to the camp. And all of a sudden, we started hearing the screaming. Help! Help! I'm lost! I'm lost! Just screaming, blood-curdling screams. It's like, oh, boy. All the camp counselors we ran got our flashlights, and we began to start running towards where the young person that somehow got missed was down there screaming, scared to death. We began to make our ways down and we started screaming back to the person, look for the light, look for the light, look for the light. I'm lost, help me, I'm lost. Look for the light. Finally, that little one that was out there scared to death, crying, Upset, sees the light, and starts walking and running towards the light. And that little one was brought back in and loved on, and life was good. But it wasn't so good for a little bit. You see, some of you right now, you're down in that campfire, but the campfire's out. There's no flashlights. Everybody left. You're out there screaming out, Lord, I'm lost. Would you, would you help me? I'm lost. I don't know where I'm headed. I'm lost. I don't know what, how to get through this life. I'm lost. I don't know if I'm going to make it to heaven when I die. And here you're here this morning. Why are you here this morning? God appointed that you'd be here. He did. You say, really? Yeah, I truly believe that. Because right now, here's the answer. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. I got a free gift for you this morning. Well, no, I don't have it. God does. I can't give the gift that God wants to give you this morning. What's that free gift? They quoted Romans 6, 23, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is what? Eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. Two verses we like to say, and I'll be done. Ephesians 2, 8 and 9. For by grace are you saved. For by grace are you saved. Grace is God's free unmerited gift. We don't deserve it, but he's got a gift for you this morning. For by grace are you saved through what? Faith. For by grace are you saved through faith. And it's not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any person should boast. So when we have, if you will, the little Jesus that we uh, look at. You're not very good looking. Anyway, <laughs> when we have a little Jesus that came, beautiful little baby, why did he come into this world? He came to suffer, to bleed, to die, to have his life given on that cross. He came to pay for your sin and mine because he loves you. Are you ready to accept that free gift this morning? If you've already accepted it, and you know Christ is your Savior, then rejoice that you're a child of God. If you're not, how about we get real with God this morning? 
You say, real with God, I thought we just came here to see a program and walk out and have a nice dinner. We're going to do all that. But it's time to change your life. It's time to become a true child of God right now, right where you are. Are you ready? Every head bowed, every eye closed, please. Father, I pray in these sacred moments that you do what only you can do. There's people here, I have no idea who has trusted Christ and who hasn't, but they know who they are and you know who you are. And in these final few seconds as we close the service, it's time where you can literally change your life. I was a teenager when God changed me, when I accepted God's free gift and gave my heart and life to Jesus Christ. You can do it right there. It doesn't matter how old you are. You can be a couple years old and understand the gospel. You might be 60, 70, 80 years old. You might be a teenager, might be a young adult, might be in whatever that middle age is called. Right there where you are, are you ready to give your heart and life to Christ? Are you ready to accept that free gift of eternal life by placing your faith and trust in Jesus? That's why you're here this morning. That's why God brought you here this morning. It's to receive that free gift and know for certain that when you die, you indeed will go to heaven. Do you understand that? You say, Pastor Rich, I think I get it. What do I need to do? Listen carefully. Every head's bowed, every eye closed. Nobody moving for a moment. Here it is. Number one, we've all sinned and come short of the glory of God, Romans 3.23. Secondly, because we've sinned, if we got what we deserved, every single one of us would burn in an awful place called the lake of fire, Revelation 21.8. But Jesus Christ, God's son, came down from heaven, died on the cross for your sins. Romans chapter 5, verse 8. Do you believe that? You say, I do. Do you believe that Jesus rose from the dead and that he was God's own son? You say, I believe, I believe that now. Well, then you're right there. The last thing you need to do then is to receive the free gift. It costs you nothing. Just give it to Jesus. Give your life to Jesus right now and accept that free gift. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Right there where you're seated, would you accept that free gift? You say, how do I do that? Just tell God in your own words, I'm receiving that free gift this very moment. I understand I'm a sinner. I understand I don't deserve heaven. I believe that Jesus Christ is God's son, that you came down from heaven, died on the cross for my sins, and I'm receiving that free gift. Did you tell him that? Well, I'm rejoicing with you right now as you've given your life and heart to Jesus and accepted that free gift of eternal life. Father, I pray that you bless those decisions this morning. I don't know who's done it, but I rejoice with you and the angels in heaven as those that have come to you and received that gift this morning. Father, thank you for loving us. Thank you for Jesus. Thank you for those of us that know you and love you. Thank you for changing our lives. Thank you for giving us hope for the eternity. Thank